Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, dude, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of John Arizzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. We are the only wrestling podcast that brings you back 30 years with vintage audio featuring some of the biggest names of that time. This episode, no exception, as we will be covering one of the most famous of all of our live remotes during the history of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. This one was at Scores in New York City with Missy Hyatt, Jason Herring from the Wonder Years, Sean Waltman, who was known at the time as the Lightning Kid and writer-reporter Alex Marvez. The Pro Wrestling Spotlight covered all the news and breaking developments that happened in real time, and we'll hear a lot of that tonight. And now we get to relive those moments right here on this podcast. Joining me, as always, the renowned pro wrestling journalist, former managing editor of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and uh, certainly a fellow diehard Mets fan, and we're so happy today because the Mets are so far ahead and anyway I'd like to introduce my good friend Mr. Bob Smith. Bob how are you today? Don't jinx it John don't jinx it. I mean I know, right? you know the we've been there before. Gods are listening. The New York the Mets were gods. the New York Mets were 100 uh, 103 games in first place last season before they decided to uh screw the pooch. I know but and that uh, and that was it. The entire second half was like one long <laughs> horror movie. So let let us not and, get too high and, as we and the, and the West episode. Coast and the West Coast has never been kind to the New York Mets. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and June has never been a good month for them. So we'll see what happens. So we shall see. This. Anyway, that, I think the Mets invented the terms <laughs> June swoon, as you recall from that Bob is Murphy. that is that is uh, an expression. June swoon. June and, swoon. That's right. There you go. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But also joining us direct from the province of Quebec in the city of Montreal, Canada, Mr. Jay Farrar. Jay, how the heck are you doing up there in Canada these days? Not as good as your New York Metropolitans, guys, or as Casey Stengel used to call them, the Knickerbockers. Go. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's, it's that old story about when he was named manager and he told the press how proud he was to be the manager of the New York Knickerbockers. So, uh, <laughs> bless Casey Stengel and uh, bless the New York Mets. And uh, yes. uh, as, a, as a fan of a baseball team that was not in their division uh, for most of the time that I watched them, I can cheer them on without feeling any shame or guilt. There you go. There you go. It's not the Braves or the Phillies, so I'm good with that. No, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm kind (laughs) of like uh, in this place right now where I'm a happy idiot watching the game every (laughs) single day. (laughs) And 
it's it's been fun. It's been a fun ride so far. So hopefully it'll continue for the Mets. If you're Met fans out there, I'm sure you're enjoying the ride as well. Uh, before we get into this week's show, I do want to talk to you about Patreon, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. We did kick in those new uh, tiers in regard to the benefits that you're getting. So instead of me drawing it out here, going over everything all over again, uh, go to patreon.com slash John Arezzi. All I can tell you is that five bucks gets you in the door and all the other levels in the tier, in the tiers that we have, um, have all been upgraded. You get more for your money. And there's some really neat things there. So um, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. Check it out. And I want to thank everybody who uh, over the last few days since we kicked this in have uh, uh, have upgraded their tier memberships. And, uh, and you know, we, we lost about five or six patrons. Uh, but uh, hopefully they'll be back. And anyway, uh, we're doing the best we can with it. We're giving you tons of exclusive content. And uh, some really neat things that date back as long as 50 years ago. Well, um, we're going to get into this week's show, June 14th, 1992. A special one, an interesting one, a funny one, and a sad one, all combined into one. Uh, Bob, uh, you should have been at scores 30 years ago, and you would have witnessed this all in person. But you got the next best thing by listening to it. Well, let me clarify. I was at scores 30 years ago. Yes, not, but not for the night. show. <laughs> right. Now, yeah, you know, let, let's clarify something about scores. Okay. okay. Yes, it was a, a a gentleman's club where men would come to leer at, admittedly, some of the most beautiful adult entertainers in the world. I mean, literal big names from men's magazines and a certain kind of videos we I heard about through complete strangers. But, but in any event, it was, however, a huge haven for sports fans and athletes and special events. And I want to ask you how you got involved with this, because it couldn't have been easy. This was like booking a show or an event at a sports bar in Long Island. Scores was a very big deal. So can you run down how this all happened? Uh, well, I mean, scores at that time did not explode in the popularity. It was just about to, they were transitioning. It was becoming more and more popular, but I had, I, I believe I was introduced to the owners by Lonnie Hanover. And Lonnie was a, a PR guy who had scores as a client. And he was really dear friends with uh, George Napolitano. And uh, we'd get together occasionally. And uh, he introduced me to the owners and the owners were all mob guys. I don't know if you knew that or not, Bob. I mean, there's a book out from the owners of scores that um, uh, they were, you know, they were a little bent nose guys. Uh, they were run by uh, by another faction, let's say. And I got along well with them, you know, uh, and they gave it a shot. And we were able to uh, get them on as an advertiser and a sponsor. And part of that deal was to do a few live remotes there. And uh, uh, but once the once the club really took off with, you know, everything that they did there, then that was the end of pro wrestling spotlight advertising, but it was good while it lasted. We had uh, some fun there. It I think like they, I, yeah, I think they saw some of the clientele that we were bringing in and they weren't really enamored with them. Uh, wrestling fans traditionally don't like to spend money. Oh yeah. I could see that. A lot of diet Cokes instead of uh, diet Coke, champagne, maybe a burger, not a steak. 
Right, right. You know, yeah. If they okay. get a, if they get yeah, a bo, they'll nurse it. And it, I'm not saying it's wrong. No, I'm not either. But you're absolutely right. They look, they look for high rolling customers. That's what made scores scores after a while. I mean, a movie star is going to come and he's going to order top flight everything and and book a room room for himself. You know, it wasn't raining money. <laughs> i'm sorry you got me with that one I, i'm picturing hip-hop videos with the guys throwing the, right. throwing the bills all right. there oh no, you're right. right it was nothing like that oh, i'm sorry i just that's a great way to put it Jay's in the background just kind of like you know soaking it in and well it's Jay, funny because we we have a scores in montreal but it's a rotisserie chicken place it's not a it's got nothing to do uh, with different yeah, a little, a little bit different. Yeah, it's it, you show unless up you there, want a, unless you want a nice juicy breast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. I forgot it's not a family show, so that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> let's kick it off that way, John. No, no. tonight yeah, well, tonight's show is PG thirteen. I think. Yeah. yeah. Remember, yeah. I'm from a place though that is no stranger to um, how do we say the champagne rooms of, uh, of, uh, the, uh, of the cities, you know, it's, you go down, yeah. down, there was a time where you go down St. Catherine street, in Montreal, and it was strip club, church, strip club, church, strip yes. club, church. So yeah, we, we, uh, we, our nightlife here is uh, well-renowned. Oh, I frequented well, the a- jazz festival and yes, that's exactly yeah. what it was like when you went into the center of Montreal. I mean, it was like a lot of, uh, Shall we say spicy uh, goings on? Yeah, yeah. There, here, here in Nashville, here in Nashville is a club called Debut, and they're advertising uh, their tagline and they're advertised on their wall of the of the club, um, which may not even be there anymore. But I remember uh, it said hundreds of beautiful girls and three ugly ones, <laughs> and that was on their facade. I mean, on their on the outside of the building. Oh, honest, anyway. honest advertising, I guess, never hurt. Yes, truth in advertising, I guess. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. this was a place that um, uh, was interesting uh, because of the uh, just the dynamic of the club and to be in there at a, a late night and uh, bringing wrestling fans in and having Missy Hyatt there. And, and it was kind of a fun atmosphere, though, as the people will hear. Okay, and... Also on this very same day, you guys kind of did a whirlwind, didn't you? I mean, it wasn't just this appearance. You did something else, right? Oh, With we Missy did a Jason. few things. Well, yeah, well, we had uh, – I had three public appearances for her. One was at uh, a bowling alley in Staten Island where I, I, I do several promotions and bring different wrestlers in. Another was at a video store in uh, Brooklyn in Bensonhurst. And uh, then, of course, we did the live remote at Scores. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was a weekend with Missy and Jason <laughs> and, dri- and driving them around was interesting, right? From getting them in the car. Uh, and I was a big fan of the one D years. I mean, I love the one D years. The one D years um, to me, uh, one of my all time favorite TV shows, because it, it reminded me of my youth growing up on Long Island in the sixties. So I loved the show. I didn't miss an episode. And uh, the fact that I had, you know, the one character on the show that I never really liked because of his character, Jason Hervey, who was uh, uh, who played Wayne, uh, the little bully brother on the Wonder Years. I mean, to have him in my car and talk shop with him and, and, and see the dynamic with him and Missy, it was it was a very memorable, uh, a very memorable weekend. 
I'm sure it was. And, you know, we'll re re recap too because uh, Mr. Hervey has gone into a career as an executive producer and producer for a ton of entertainment uh, programs and movies and yeah. all sorts of things. So he has, he has stuck. He has made his mark. Yeah, where he is, was where is, with Eric Bischoff, right? Yes, for a while. Where is Missy now? Is she doing anything? Uh, Missy's, Missy's in Florida, and uh, I saw Missy at a uh, uh, wrestling fan convention in Georgia um, close to a year ago, and she's very active on Twitter, and uh, I just heard a podcast that she did recently, too. So she's out there, and she she's very outspoken uh, to this day about her beliefs and thoughts, and uh, but uh, seeing her... And uh, gave her a copy of my book last year, and uh, uh, it was interesting. She was very friendly. It was nice. It was good to see her. And uh, but she's still out there, Bob. She's she's still trying to do her thing, and she uh, she goes to many of the wrestling fan conventions, many of the big ones. She will be there. Well, well, who knows what comes in the future to see her again? But um, so as we start this. Uh, our tapes here from the original show, which is, by the way, from the show originally broadcast on June 14th, 1992 from Scores. Um, we have other guests as well with Alex Marvez, the great wrestling journalist and now mm -hmm. AEW announcer. And um, also Sean Waltman, then known as the Lightning Kid. Yes, he was in town for an independent show uh, working for a guy named Tony Capone, Tony Capone with the NAWA. And uh, once I found out that that was happening, I think I had him also at one of the autograph appearances at the bowling alley, I think it was. Uh, but it was kind of cool to meet him for the first time and uh, get to know him a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he has become uh, certainly a, a two-time Hall of Famer in mm -hmm. the WWE and um, – one of the uh, one of the most beloved uh, guys from Degeneration De X in the NWO, and had a lot of different personas. But back then, you knew that the guy was going to be a star, and he yeah, was and uh, so so big on the independent scene, especially his feud with Jerry Lynn. Well, there's the thing too. You know, he was he was an integral part of the GWF Global at that point. But the thing was, nobody was watching Global, but everybody was watching the Lightning Kid. You see, yes. he, was, he was the one breakthrough, I think, that that program ever had. I mean, they had other guys like the Handsome Stranger, which was Marcus Bagwell and, and young guys like that. But I think the only one that really captured people's imaginations was Lightning Kid. Yes. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was, it was to the point, I believe I brought him in for the 92 convention that year as well. Mm -hmm. And people flocked to his table. I mean, I gave him a table. I didn't charge him anything. And I said, whatever you keep is yours. And uh uh, and he did quite well. He was very happy and very grateful that I did that. Do you remember his early style too? Unbelievable footwork. Oh, yes. Amazing yes. athleticism. From a standing position, he could literally lift his leg over his head and hit people with it. I mean, yes. he, he was an incredibly athletic guy. Yeah, and he had those long knee pads. And, I mean, his striking ability was just amazing. It really was. It and really, his high flying style was. He, and it, it was an obvious homage to um, – a little bit of MMA, but J Japan and things like that. What he was like, he took a bunch of different cultures and all merged into his style. Nobody wrestled like him at that point. No, no. And he's had a very long and illustrious career and has done a lot of things. And has had a lot of tragedy, a lot of, uh, you know, of course he was with China for uh, several years and, and, and just his, his personal demons. Uh, 
but every time I talked to Sean, um, you know, he was very grateful, always remembered me, always tried to help, uh, when I got back in a few years ago and, uh, I consider him one of, one of my dearest friends in the business right now. Well, it's nice to hear. Well, shall we go to the clip, John? Let's start it off. Now I want, I want to say at, before I hit the button here that, uh, the original tape that we're working from started at mid sentence here, listeners. So you will hear half a sentence to start, but we'll get right into it because we go right in the introductions and a visit from our friend Don Liable, the one man wrestling encyclopedia. And a lot of stuff here in the next five minutes or so. Let's get it started. Here is the one of yours, Jason Hervey. Jason, how you doing? Good, John. How's everything going? We're hanging in there, but I don't know how much fun you had because you've been on a shopping spree here for the last couple of days. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's been tiring, but, you know, Missy's been there to drag me through it and make sure I see every, you know, designer label that there is. And, well, you've been to, uh, you got to put these headsets on, somebody. There we go. <laughs> uh, but, Jason, I tell you, you've been to Barney's, I guess, right, yesterday? Barney's, yes. They, they love us there. They rolled out I'm the red sure cards. <laughs> And they love Jason's uh, American Express card, too. Planet that's Hollywood what they, That's night. what they love, mostly. <laughs> Planet Hollywood. Today Planet you're at Tavern on the Green. And Tavern on the Green. Traveling around having a good time. Yep, everything's going good. And it was all thanks to you, John, because you set it up. I mean, it was great. Well, you were the perfect host. Well, thank you very much. Maybe we'll bring you guys back in August for the big convention we're doing. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you here. And we're going to get questions from the fans, talk about the big pay-per-view next week, Beach Blast. And, of course, you'll be an intricate part of that with the bikini contest. And we'll be getting into that in just a little bit. But also joining us, joining us here tonight uh, at the program, uh, the former global light heavyweight champion. Now, this guy here is someone who uh, the wrestling fans who have seen him work in the ring has said unlimited potential for your future. And uh, I'd like to introduce everybody direct from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Lightning Kid. Thank you, John. Thanks, thanks for having me on your show. First visit to New York City. Yeah, this is my first time, and I've had a great time. Well, we uh, certainly hope to see you wrestle here some sometime. We're trying to put together something maybe for the wrestling fans' uh, weekend of champions in August where we could promote a match or help book a match with you in the Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah! I think that would go over pretty good. Uh, yeah, if you don't hit Bonnie Blackstone, because I heard about that in the interview. Oh. She's my friend. That was so mean. He hit Bonnie Blackstone? Yeah, he did. That was totally an accident. Yeah. She got in the way. I was going out to the ring. She got in the way, and it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh -oh. That's right. Joe Pettacino will get you. And a lot of these people have been drinking since 8 o'clock, so. Uh, but last but not, well, not least, introducing, sitting to my left, a uh, man who is, certainly has uh, created a lot of waves uh, since entering New York a week ago, working for the New York Times, uh, the editor of Three Count Publication, reporter for the Miami Herald, and now reporter for the New York Times, uh, the incomparable Alex Marvez. Thanks a lot. Lightning Kid, I just want to offer you some advice. Do not come off the top rope if you wrestle Josh and Liger. No, no top rope moves uh, with John. Is that correct, John? On my end, if, if we promote a match, I would certainly hope it would go off the top. Oh, I, I got to like that. Got to like those top rope moves. But uh, we're here with a bunch of people, and uh, we're going to have questions from our listeners as well as uh, the fans here who have come out to score us tonight. Uh, we have our newscastle to go to right now, and I think we have Don Liable on the phone direct from upstate New York with all the breaking stories of the week. Why don't we go to Donnie right now? Thank you, John. 
And leading things off, the top four matches for the World Wrestling Federation SummerSlam pay-per-view have been set, and Ric Flair is not included. Expect to see The Undertaker versus Kamala, Bret Hart taking on Davey Boy Smith, The Ultimate Warrior challenges Randy Savage, and The Legion of Doom clash with Money Incorporated. And as of this past Friday, it's believed Bob Backlund and the WWF are close to reaching an agreement that would bring a former champ back to the promotion. Stay tuned on that one. Well, congratulations are in order for World Championship Wrestling Television commentator Jim Ross for being selected as among the three-man radio broadcasting team for 1992 Atlanta Falcons football games. Now, while calling National Football League action, Ross isn't expected to miss any wrestling assignments on WTBS. And Ross may not be the only announcer pulling double mic duty come this fall. Jesse Ventura was quoted in the Winston-Salem Post-Courier newspaper that he has made contact with the University of Kansas about possibly calling their football games. Now, previously, the body has served as a color analyst for Minnesota Viking and Tampa Bay Buccaneer games. Pro wrestling mourns the loss of one of its all-time great trainers, Masami Saranaka. The native of Japan succumbed to his battle with a brain tumor yesterday in Tampa, Florida. Masami was an outstanding wrestler in the Orient before relocating to the States, specializing in the shoot style of wrestling. Saranaka had been training wrestlers with Boris Malenko, and Saranaka was the son-in-law to Carl Gotch. This date in wrestling history, 14 years ago, 1978, in Tampa, Florida, was Dick Slater defeating Pedro Morales. Dean Ho lost to Red Bastine in Sacramento, California. And it was Dino Bravo coming out on top of Spiro Sarion in Bangor, Maine. For the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, I'm Don Libel reporting. Capsule time, 11.08. Okay, Donnie, thank you very much for that, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, fans, uh, what are we going to do right now, Don? Okay. I don't think he wanted to talk to us. Uh, I think he just, like, did his little thing, and then he was, like, off. Past his bedtime, maybe. Yeah, probably. Okay, a little funding games at the end, but something really important happened there. John, I'm going to let you pick up the ball on this, because I think it went over everybody's heads except for one person that was there. Uh, very, very true. Um, the It seemed like the air was taken out of the balloon uh, during the news capsule. Um, Sean Waltman, <clears throat> the Lightning Kid, uh, found out with Don Leibel's news capsule that his trainer, um, the uh, very renowned Japanese trainer, Masami Saranaka, died from a brain tumor, and Sean found out during the broadcast. Uh, so uh, all the happiness and jovial, uh, you know, air was let out, uh, uh, and he looked. Uh, he just he just got deflated, and it was. Uh, I don't know if he cried. He might have uh, had some tears, um, but it was a very sad thing. I mean, uh, Sean was trained uh, by Saranaka, uh, along with, um, the Malenkos down in Florida. So, uh, this was his trainer and it is the first time he heard the news and it really, I didn't know what to say because I looked at him, uh, you know, as we came out of the news capsule with Don and, and then Missy made her comments. So that kind of deflected, uh, where it was going, but it was a very, very, very heavy moment in a, in a show that was meant to be, uh, jovial and, and, and light and it turned heavy. But a lot of people there did not know until Sean spoke about it later in the broadcast. Right. Uh, were you aware of that situation as Don said it? Did it kind of take you aback, or did you need? To I didn't. Of it? I didn't know. I didn't know who Masami Saranaka was when Don okay. reported it. I didn't know who he was. Right. Uh, but obviously, uh, something terribly 
wrong uh, happened when I looked at Sean and I was like, and then he talked to Alex and, and I was like, Oh my God. I mean, there's, um, it's a tragedy here. Oh boy. You know, again, you, you guys were all there to have a nice introduction of everybody there and something like this happens completely out of the blue. Um, Yes. There's nothing you can say, nothing you can do, but forge ahead. Right. That's all you could do. The show must go on. Right, right. And speaking of the show going on, I will I will say that on the original tape here, there is the probably the longest commercial break in the history of the pro wrestling spotlight. It really was long. And yeah. I, I'm listening to it and I'm like, holy smokes. And it just kept going and going and going. You had about like seven or eight different advertisers mentioned in in the midst yeah. of that long break. And I'm thinking, boy, this is this must have been a particularly good episode in that regard given your track history, but uh, your guests are going to kind of make fun of you for it. When we come back here, Um, did you you think that the comment was funny or did you just kind of roll with the punch a little bit here? Yeah, to roll with the punch. I mean, uh, you know, with the, with the spot team, amount of spots, especially in this episode and some of the other ones that were in and around these weeks, uh, I was in in the sales terminology. I was on a roll. I was closing a lot of accounts that helped keep the show, uh, fluid and and ongoing uh but uh, when you have an hour you know you only have an hour and then when you have to break and add all these spots on it kind of takes away from the momentum and the flow of the show i get that i sure do well and anyway this is the longest clip we're gonna have you're gonna and missy is going to prove to be bodacious loquacious and outrageous as dusty road would say because She's all over the map here. We have a caller that's a crank caller. We have all different kind of stuff going on. Some Eddie Gilbert hubbub. This is this is really a juicy clip here. So, but it starts with a jive from Jason. New York's largest open mic night Mondays, beginning at 5 p.m. Anyone can go on stage, even me. And Jason, you've done some stand up, right? Yeah, I was just wondering if we can all go home, or are you just gonna sit and read the sponsors all night long? <laughs> Anyway, you write me a check in the, for the rest of the remainder of the time it took to purchase the show, and we don't have to read any more squats tonight. My purse is over there. <laughs> yeah, his purse is over there. Now, I just want Jason to do here. the turtle dance. The turtle dance will be discussed all night here. <laughs> well, we're here with our special guest, and uh, we're going to try to get Jason to do that turtle dance before midnight tonight. Maybe at the stroke of midnight, we'll see what it's all about. Oh, yeah, it is something that's spectacular. Well, speaking of spectacular, next week... I know, that's right, it's Beach Blast, and I want everyone, that if you can, call your local cable company and order Beach Blast, because it's going to be... Well, everyone knows it's going to be Sting and Cactus Jack and a Falls Count anywhere on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, everyone is Cactus fans here. A lot of Cactus Jack fans here. But let me tell you something, John. I believe, really believe, that Cactus Jack is going to beat Sting just because it's, like, his type of match. I mean, thank goodness Sting didn't put up his title because Sting could... You know, if it was going to be a title match... Thing could lose his title because I'm betting on Cactus Jack. So. Well, I'm just uh, hoping that Cactus will lay a few into Sting for me. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Cactus was on the show last week, and he's excited about this match. He said uh, the fans have to buy the pay-per-view because they're going to see some things he's never done before, and he's got a couple of things in store uh, which will really make the fans go nuts. Well, yeah, he is a crazy guy. And then also we have um, Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy versus the Steiner Brothers. And Yeah, well, I don't know. 
about everyone's here like Steiner fans, but I don't. I tell you what, Doctor Death and uh, Terry Gordy. I think those guys. I think there's going to be some. I think they're going to win in that match. Well, too. there's a lot of controversy. What happened at the last pay-per-view with the Japanese team against the Steiners and uh, uh, the Steiner brothers against Doctor Death and Terry Gordy. I think there's going to be a match there that. Uh, we're pretty rough in the ring. I know. I think that's going to be a really... I mean, we're going to talk... I'm betting, like, on how many noses are going to get broke and how many shoulders are going to get dislocated. I mean, that's just going to be such a rough and tough match. And I think maybe three noses broke and Scotty Steiner or maybe running out of the ring before his gets broken. Okay? Probably. <laughs> oh! But the big bikini contest, once again, you Medusa. Oh. Now, the last time I had you on my program was our big December Christmas show. Yeah. And you said something about Medusa having hair on her back and... She has really big feet, too. Big feet. I mean, listen, have you people ever seen her feet? She wears, like, a size 12. I am not kidding. I am not joking. If you've ever seen... I don't even know. She has to have her high heels, um, like, custom-made because her feet are so big. And as a matter of fact, if you go back in the Olympics when they tested those Russian women to see if they were really women, I believe that they should do a test to make sure that she is really genetically a woman because I don't think she's a woman. And I think that she should be banned from the test. Banned from the contest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she beats up these guys. Alex is out of control here. <laughs> take this. Uh, but uh, it's going to be great. I, I think it's going to be better pay. I think it has the potential to be better pay-per-view than more games. And uh, I think the company may even be surprised when uh, they see that buy rate could be uh, better than the war games. Well, I hope so. I hope it is. I mean, if I've been dieting all this time and I'm going to have to squeeze into this small bathing suit and have to go up there and stand up there to show that I am really the first lady of WCW. I mean, the things you have to go through, then I'm going to do it. What was the deal last, last uh, what we saw on television last week, though? There was, where Medusa oh, took off, uh... Took off that jacket, yeah. you know, and she kind of like... Oh, y'all must have been here really early in drinking to get excited about that. I mean... Uh, I mean, have y'all had a date in the last 10 years? Oh! oh. I mean, I'm serious, Debbie. She, uh, her rear end was so big, when she was told to haul butt, she had to make two trips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, like, covered it up. She, like, ran up. She was, like, trying to show me that she was sexy or something. Wow. Miss Muscles. I mean, please. I tell you what we're gonna do. We have a uh, we got callers coming in. Uh, yeah, let them call. Wait, them Missy, call. Missy, what? Missy, hold on a second, sweetie. What are you, you gonna know say about Mrs. Goodwrench? No, no, Medusa? yeah, no. I just <laughs> want to tell you, I've been hearing you talk, and I've been hearing you talk about Medusa, and and I don't I don't like that, that you that you even think about this so much. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I've seen you naked, you know. <laughs> I I know I know I know what it's all about. And I don't even see why you're wasting a second thought on even thinking about Medusa. Like, <laughs> she could really win this contest? Are I know, but I mean, me? it's like she goes around saying that she's the first lady. Honey, it doesn't and... matter. At Beach Blast, you'll prove to her who's the first lady. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay? Okay. Hey, Alex, you got a question? Yeah, this is a serious question. I, I, in the background here, if those of you who aren't at score, shame on y'all. But, but we've got Eddie Gilbert here wrestling in the background. And seriously, I mean, this is a person who, who seems to not be able to go away from your life. This weekend on Memphis TV... He, he cut a promo on you. He, he seems to just not let this thing die. Can you, can you please talk about him and all the problems that have been going on? Now we have please? a lot of problems yeah, at Christmas over this. Stuff. Yeah, well, now, all I have please. to say is, you know, that he, that he did go on Memphis TV, and it's a shame that a grown man, well, I don't really call him grown, but 
Like, Memphis is such a rinky-dink little place that they have to use my name as being, quote, Missy Hyatt to get himself over on television and act like he's a big star that he has to associate himself with me. That's what, all I have to say. What actually was said? I didn't even... I wasn't it it was a lot of... It was Eddie's explanation in his own mind, I think, of, of what has gone on. And I, I don't know if Eddie's doing all too well nowadays with a lot of things in pro wrestling, and that's not to insult Eddie, but... Um, a lot of things were said on Memphis TV. He season. has no wife. Wait, hold on, I'll wait a sec. Up, did he bring up Medusa at all? Wait, hold on a sec, because if you you won't insult him, I will. But um, what? What? No, no, seriously, no. What? 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 What I want to say basically is that yeah, he did go on Memphis TV and he said what he said. But what is so funny is so funny about the whole thing is that Missy and I were really laughing because this just basically really proves that he has no life. And because Missy is in World Championship Wrestling, and he's working for $30 a night and, and kissing Jerry Lawler's butt because that's the only job that that man can have, it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. got some funny. Gilbert fans here also. No, wait. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, I'm giving you the explanation. It's pretty funny that he has to use Missy Hyatt's name because she's a star, and she's from World Championship Wrestling, and she works for Ted Turner that he has to use that to get himself over. That just really proves that he's not as smart as he thinks he is, and that just proves that he is the biggest loser, as we both think. Well, the oh, opinions yeah. expressed by our guests here, uh, and not you necessarily know what? the and viewpoints of the Hall Wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 and said that Missy... Well, yeah, no, I, I don't even want to talk about okay, it because right. I already apologized and everything because I did get a little, I did get a little out of line at the Christmas show, but he, he was, was just mad. He was just he mad because he just doesn't know how to satisfy a real woman. Oh. And that's it. Oh. I'm remaining impartial here because okay. uh, Eddie is a friend of mine also. Whatever, let's get on with this. We shouldn't even dignify this have even, Yeah, we should have never even talked about it. But, uh... We'll take a couple calls right now, too. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You started this, you journalist That's what you came here. here for, Alex. Is that why you came down here, just to, like, start the and the, and the only And the only reason why you say that he can't get out of her life is just because that he associates himself with her. As far as far as we're concerned, he doesn't even exist. But I mean, that's the deal. I mean, I mean, I watched Memphis TV, and, and I mean, I, I, hear, I heard about this this weekend. And that just shows you have nothing to do with your time. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not watching. I'm not watching Wonder Years and really wasting my time. But the point of the matter is, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to talk about Eddie. 28, uh, 28 million other people. A thousand other people. That's you. fine. I'm not trying a to million, cut a, not thousand. I'm not trying to cut a promo on you. I'm just telling you that. I'm just, I just think it's really time for Eddie to get on with his life and just, just leave this behind. I agree with and that's, you. And that's the only reason I brought I it totally up. I agree with And you. I thought since this was a proper form to bring it up, then maybe we should talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, maybe, so. maybe he will forget. Poor guy. I'm sure he you know, can't forget, but maybe he will one day. You ever see that show, the, uh, the sportscasters or something, when they sit around the round table with a smoky cigar and argue about different topics that are happening in uh, all different sports? I feel like that's what we're doing tonight, but... Uh, uh, let's go to some callers. Yeah, let's do that. Why don't we go to Clifton, New Jersey? I understand we got a call. <laughs> Are we calling them? Hello. <laughs> Hello. We have no callers. We have to call them. Hello. We have somebody on the air. Hello. like wrestling. Her name's Missy Hyatt. She's a doctor. Anybody there on the phone right yes, now? Yes, there is. Who is this? Push Pack. What? Don't forget I, I read that. It said Push Pack from Clifton, but I thought that was an error. No, that's no error, and it's not a joke. What, what can we do for you? Well, Jason, I have to say, when... Paulie hit you with the phone a couple crashes ago. That was definitely low. You can kick his butt if Missy can. And, um, Missy, how did this feud with you and Medusa start? 
How did it start? Oh, you know what? It started a long time ago. I'll tell you when it started. A long time ago when she was in AWA and she yeah, went on television. Yeah, yeah. And she said she was the only woman that should be able to wear leather clothes. I mean, like, big deal. She was just so jealous of me. Even back then, she was jealous, jealous, jealous. Yeah, I, when, when, um, what's it called? When you managed and get a Gilbert total mistake. I know. It was the worst mistake of my life. You and the, you and the Steiner Brothers and Sting, those... That was a good combo. That was a, that was a great combo. I'd love to manage the Steiner brothers. They're a great tag team. Right, listen, pushback. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Mike from Brooklyn. Mike, you're next. This is Vincent's World of Wrestling, live from Nassau Coliseum on Friday night, June 19th, from 6 to 8 p.m. on WGBB 1240 a.m. Thanks for the call. How much does he pay? Hello? Hello. Just remember, hello. Hello, I say hello to Mr. Resty, to Missy Hyatt. Hi. Hi, Missy Hyatt. Who's this? Uh, Michael R. from Brooklyn. Hi there. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Sure. I'd like to know uh, if you have any information on being a professional wrestler. Me being a professional no, wrestler? No, be, no, to be a professional wrestler. Oh, for you to be a professional wrestler. Call, yeah. jo call John Arezzi and he'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll admit you in my wrestling school. Thanks for your call. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Randy from New Jersey. <laughs> Randy, you're next. Yeah, I have a question for Missy. Go ahead. Um, do you look to manage a team again? Oh, yeah, I would I would manage again one day. And I have a question for the Lightning Kid. Go right ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, what, do you, what would you like to, like, federation would you like to be in in the future? Well, that's, a, that's kind of an obvious answer to that. Uh, World Championship Wrestling's the only company here in the States right now that's pushing the light heavyweight division. So that's the obvious choice. Gotta be good. Good lightweight. Okay, listen, thanks for your call. Oh, uh, ubiquitous uh, Vincent Russo crank caller. <laughs> it's a regular occurrence. Yeah, it, it has been the last several weeks. Uh, how were you feeling? How were you feeling when that stuff would happen? It was a terrible moment in your show. How did you? How were you react? Because you played it cool the whole time up to this point. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I mean, it gets. Uh, it continues, uh, but. I was uh, prepared and understood that there was going to be these crank calls, especially as he's been on the air and and uh, he uh, he was uh, attracting a, a younger audience that um, uh, that <laughs> was just a mess because right in the middle of all of this is when Alex Marvez's three count did a, uh, a extensive interview with him about his side of the story and it, it just kept escalating. It kept escalating and escalating and escalating, and and each week we're going to hear more of this this uh, this feud that develops. I I don't understand a lot of the feud in that you had fans taking sides, but I didn't think that Vince was a big enough name to have fans, and I'm not putting him down for that at that point. But his his experience was just kind of the newsletter and. His appearances in your show up to that point, right? Well, he, he got into bed with the WWF really quickly when he started his radio show. And the the caller that uh, mentioned uh, the Nassau Coliseum mm -hmm. uh, was that that was during a WWF show. And he he had worked out a deal where uh, he would go to these uh, shows and have a private room where wrestlers would come in and sign autographs for his listeners. So he indeed himself to the WWF fans pretty rapidly and he'd have guests on his radio show that were WWF guests and he stayed, you know, total storyline, total kayfabe, right. total character. So right. he did uh, develop a fan base pretty quickly 
on that. But he also had a very limited hardcore fan base because uh, the signal at WGBB, especially in the evening when he broadcast, was not uh, was not a big one. Uh, but the fans chose their sides. And even though he had a small minority of them, they were very vocal and they were very hateful, especially after all the things he started saying about me on the air with Skull Von Kruss and, uh, and the Matt Rat, you know, and they'd make fun of my weight and call me, you know, call me all kinds of names on his show. And it turned into a really ugly uh, feud, which I never really reciprocated. I think there is a show where I address it in the future. Uh, but uh, I tried my hardest to just let it, you know, drip off my back. You know, like water off a duck's back, or whatever the expression is. I didn't try to pay much attention to it. I gotta say, the level of juvenile is just staggering. You know, it's just it's so ju- yeah. juvenile. It's like kids throwing spitballs at each other. It's just, you know, it's, it's, well, imagine no, if it was no today. Sub- there's no substance. You no, know, there was no substance to anything. You know, I know. sucks. But imagine, ima- sucks. I, mean, I know, I know. I mean, the fans chanting at each other during bus trips that we would, you know, have it and meet the buses meet at a venue and then it's like one bus is screaming Russo sucks. The others are Resi sucks. And uh, so it was very juvenile, but uh, you can imagine if that happened today with social media, what would be. That would be totally different. On. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. speaking of, speaking of juvenile, we had Missy going off on Medusa. Let me just say something for uh, people who weren't around in this point. Medusa was a stone cold Fox, just like Missy, just in a more athletic, look to her i mean uh, medusa was a beautiful beautiful she still is yeah and she was so talented and she had such a great style of her in ring performance i mean she was one of the elite she really was one of the elite and and to this day she's still an elite uh i mean from monster truck champion to everything else that she she's done and back then and and it's really interesting because Missy and uh, today Missy and uh, Medusa are really close. They call each other sisters. And uh, but back then, I mean, this is not the first time that uh, Missy went off on Medusa. I mean, in the first uh, during that Christmas, the infamous Christmas show, uh, when she went off on Eddie Gilbert, she also went off on Medusa, saying Medusa had hair on her back and mm-hmm. and wasn't really a woman. And and so I mean, so it's interesting to hear the comments today from Missy on Medusa and especially Eddie Gilbert her and Jason going off on Eddie Gilbert the way they did. It was really embarrassing for me to, to hear that stuff. All you can do is sit back and let, let it wash over and, and try to hope that they be quiet anytime soon. Cause everybody was friends with Eddie, you know, Eddie, right. Eddie you were friends with Eddie and I know that yes. I, I had a good relationship with him and he gets people dragging us through the mud. You know, this stuff should be, as you can see from the Amber Heard, uh, <laughs> court case these things should be left private man i mean seriously yes. yeah i mean you don't talk about people's sex lives and that's what she did also about you know on the christmas show and i mean just just the um just the hatred between them and jason jumping in as he jumped in and it was just uncalled for it's uncalled for stuff and here's here's the problem too because it's wrestling I mean, people rank out on each other all the time. It's what wrestlers do. But um, this was, especially for this time period, kind of uncharted waters when you got that personal about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this show was a platform that uh, kind of brought it out into the public. 
Well, I knew you. Sad, it's sad. I I knew you when you when you were a young man, and you I know you were cringing in your seat. You were absolutely cringing. You could yeah. hear it on the radio. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could just see you, your face turning red by listening to the radio. I mean, yeah, it, was no hard, it, was, it was hard to control that, especially with her and and Jace. It was hard to control it. I mean, you didn't want it to happen, and uh, but you know, you turn the microphone on, and she's uh, not there with a producer or anyone that. You know, she was just freewheeling and said whatever came into her head. And, and then she had her uh, her boyfriend at the time uh, just kind of expound on everything. And, and then it turned into what what you just listened to. Well, Medusa's not the only woman that Missy's going to rank out on. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some more comments <laughs> coming up here. You're talking about one of your famous bus trips that you're planning. And so we're going to cut in to the end of that promo here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Missy's just going to start it again. Start right she, in. She, she's just going to just start ranking out on people. So let's let's listen to the uh, kindly Missy Hyatt. Four reservations. That's our next bus trip Sunday afternoon, June 28th. Get Missy. And for a dollar, women will ride with you to Connecticut or wherever. I'm talking about her in a second. Because, <laughs> is there like a, a, a situation there, a friendly competition, a little bit jealousy? Did you get along with her when she was with WCW? I don't even. When was she with w, WCW? I just disconnected her. Uh, when was she there? Woman, you're talking about. I don't even remember that. Was she really Are you there? Kidding? Huh? Didn't you take her shopping at the Steiners at Robin Green? Really? I don't even remember that. Typical, typical Seminole, may I add? That's yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. I don't recall. I plead no, no contest. Okay. No contest. You were her at Rickside when the Steiners lost the title to Doom or something. Well, there was a. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number to call, 212-477-5610. Any questions for anybody in here for any of our guests? Go right ahead. Are you intimidated by Medusa's martial arts ability? Question for our listeners listening on the radio. Are you intimidated by Medusa's martial arts ability? No. Well, I mean, why should I? I mean, I'm not going to let her get close enough to uh, touch me or anything like that. She's going to lose the bikini contest, and she's probably going to go off and cry somewhere if, if she can cry some manly tears. <laughs> okay, any other questions from uh, the folks here at Scores? Yes. Are you crazy? Would you get in the ring with Medusa? I tell you, there's, there's a group, there's a table of group of guys over here that have had not had dates in like 10 years because they're like whooping up for Medusa over here. No, there's no way I would get in the ring with her. Ask Gordon Cesari about getting uh, into a conflict with Medusa, right? Yeah, where is he? Is he out of the hospital? He was at the uh, deal. In the, he was at the deal today, and at the bowling alley. Was he? Yeah. So he was out of the hospital. He was in that guy that was like in a neck brace and in, <laughs> in a wheelchair and everything, wasn't he? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, anybody else in here before we go back to the phones? Yes. Um, I might. I'm sorry. I gotta, oh, I'm just going to repeat okay, for our fine. listeners at home. How many years do you stay, you plan on staying wrestling before you uh, hang it up? Well, I've been in almost seven, I say maybe a couple of more, and then it's time to just hang out in Hollywood with my babe, Jason, and Well, you guys are trying, hang to, out. You're trying to, to do some stuff out in Hollywood. Now, this past Friday, before you came in, uh, you did uh, something for Circus of the Stars, I understand, right? Well, yeah, I tried out for Circus of the Network Stars. I had to get up and, and swing on a trapeze. 
so uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary. <laughs> I don't know if you people heard that, but you, in case there's some kid listeners, never mind. But um, no, <laughs> yeah, I would like to do that. I would like to do like that and just some other things. And as we t- talked about on the Christmas show, uh, someone asked about maybe a possible partner one to year. Is anything like that happening? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Missy, you know you can have a part on there anytime you want. Oh, well, thank you, sweetie. Let's go back to the, back to the phone. Two Derek from Brooklyn, you're next. All right, um, I would like to know the match be- between the Warrior and Savage. Will it be good versus good or bad versus good? Uh, I think it will be good versus good. And I think I think you'll see a new champion there, Ultimate Warrior, getting the title back, perhaps. All right, and I would like to know, um, did Medusa and Eddie Gilbert really break up? Because I heard they separated. Medusa and Eddie Gilbert really break up? Yeah, because I heard they separated like a couple weeks ago. Yes, that's what I heard myself. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Now I want to talk to the kid for a minute. And kid, this is the first time you've been in New York. Um, what do you think of the Big Apple so far, first of all? Well, I've, I've been treated really good by all the people in New York, and uh, I got a really warm reception here, and I'm just happy to be here. How'd the match go last night? You wrestled for Tony Capone in the NAWA, and I think that'll be an ongoing thing for you up here. For the time being, it's, they treated me really well. They had things done, you know, it was very professional. Who'd you work with? Uh, boy, if I, I wouldn't want to get the names wrong. I worked with one guy called the Condor, and that's the only... Person I could really was it a victorious encounter for well, you? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. But uh, uh, Alex, what about Japan? How's it going with the? Uh, you're wrestling for the UWA, I believe, the Lucha Libre right. style group in Japan. How is that? And, and how do you have to adjust your style to wrestle over there? Well, uh, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to adjust their style. Hello. We're on. We're on. A lot of people make the mistake of trying to adjust their style because you know they try and fit in. If you keep, if you just do your own thing, is is you know. That's how I get over it. I try and do my own thing. I don't try and do what everyone else does over there. What do you think of the wrestlers over there on the whole? I mean, a lot faster pace than what you find in the country. A lot faster pace. Uh, it's just it's all action. They, you know, there's there's no boring. There's no dull spots in the matches over there, you know, usually. Okay. The number to call, 212-477-5610, covering a number of topics tonight with our special guest, Missy Hyatt, here from California. Where are you from originally? Tallahassee, Florida. Seminole territory. Yay, I see some tomahawks going back and forth, but I see this one guy with a gator shirt on. <coughs> okay, any other calls coming in? Did I just- we have the list. <laughs> I feel like I'm Dave, we're David Letterman and like we're calling someone. What's the deal with that ringing? Is that just connecting back to the callers or something? Let's go to Derek, I believe. Is that next? Michelle is next, okay. Hello? Yes, Michelle, you're on the air. Yes, I want to ask you a couple questions. I want to know if Macho Man really married with uh, Elizabeth. And I want to know what happened to Andre the Giant. And I want to know if uh, Big Boss Man really get be, you know, he was beat up. What country are you from? <laughs> from Russia. From where? Russia. Russia. Right. I guess you know Nikita Koloff, huh? Not. <laughs> okay, as far as the and first the first question, uh, you want to know about Andre the Giant? Yeah. I have no idea. He's, he went to pasture, I believe, down in Carolina, and he's wheeling him around somewhere down there. <laughs> but he's not active right now in the business. Uh, what was that first question? I think that was a pertinent one. Right? Hello? Yeah, what was that first question? Yeah, if uh, Matumon really married with... Uh, Very with mad. The... Not happening anymore between them. 
But they it's all over, I think. But they were married. They were married, yes. And uh, I want to know if uh, Big Bossman was really beat up. I don't know. You don't know? Uh, I wasn't there. But uh, and what age? Uh, that's you? enough for now. Uh, we have to limit the questions to a couple. Thank you, Paul. Let's go to Anthony. First time caller from Russia. Anthony, you're next. Hello? Yeah. All right, um, I'd like to know what happened to Roddy Piper. That's a good question. You know, he uh, was supposed to go on to do some Piper's Pits, and he uh, seems to have left the company, from what I understand. Okay. I know. Right. Call. I know. Go ahead, Miss. Tried to become an actor, and the other day I was on a Sunset Boulevard crossing Lower Canyon, and I saw him holding up a sign saying, I'll wrestle for food. Oh! <laughs> Two one two four seven seven five six one zero is the number. Rob, uh, you're next. Yo, I got a question for um, I got a question for you and Missy. Go ahead. My question for you was, uh, how come yesterday on the wrestling TBS they didn't have those mats? Are they going to be taken off from now on? Mats are finished in TBS for now. Are they going to be in the WF too? Also. Uh, no, what they did, the WWF bought the WCW's match. <laughs> what are, no, my question for Missy is, uh, do you think that the WF will make an offer because they lost Elizabeth to get you? Oh, I hope not. No? Well, what happened when I'm... I'm not their, I'm not their right sex, I don't what, think. Yeah, what happened five years ago or something? <laughs> what happened five years ago when you went over there? Um, I, I don't really know. I just I didn't like what they wanted to do. And um, yeah. I wanted to be in, you know knew about the Turner switch and everything, and I wanted to be in World Championship Wrestling. Thanks right. for the call, Rob. Thanks for it. Hey, 212 Oh, Alex, uh, you want to what, answer What did the World Wrestling Federation want to do? Because I've heard so many stories floated about it. I mean, what, what was their... Um, I was just going to do some kind of interview segment thing, and then that wasn't going to work out, and then I was going to do, like, some manager thing, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah, wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So, why? Okay. We're gonna get, uh, we got more callers coming in. And I want to remind everybody uh, that beginning next Saturday, June 20th, we're moving the show to Saturday night. So this is our last Sunday night show. And what are you booing for? You got the same people that tell me I can't get up in the morning. Well, these are probably the people that listen every week because you're here tonight. But I got a lot of calls. You know. I told you, they have no dates. They haven't had a date. Oh, so Saturday night shouldn't it won't hurt, it won't hurt them. <laughs> But anyway, next week, 11 o'clock, we'll be moving to Saturdays at WEVD. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And also, next Saturday, we got a big show because we'll be announcing the lineup for the Weekend of Champions convention, which will be taking place August 29th and 30th at the Ramada Hotel at LaGuardia Airport. All the details next week at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Well, well, well. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, you had a lot of stuff going on right then and there, and including a time change again. Mm -hmm. How did that? Saturdays. How did that work out? Uh, it was fine. People tuned in. Uh, you know, Saturday night was uh, just something I wanted to do, and and I was able to get that done. But uh, just going back to that last segment, um, you could tell Sean was not in a good mood. Obviously. He didn't want to answer a lot of questions, Missy. It was just kind of a. It was kind of a. Uh, listening back to it now, it was very hard to navigate through that whole. The whole. The whole hour was very difficult for me to keep keep it under control, which I I, I failed to do it. Yeah, it was like it's like you alone in a six man tag team match with Abdullah and, and the Sheik and I, uh, against I three scientific and, guys. You were just trying to keep the blood from spilling right now. 
And then Sean, I don't want to talk about, you know, who I wrestled. I mean, you could tell that they, he was going through something uh, tragic and, and, and uh, traumatized. Uh, and then Missy was just ranking on everybody. And she, you know, was she just working everybody saying she didn't, she had to be working everybody saying that she don't remember working with women and, and didn't remember any of that stuff. And, uh, and then you, of course you get the call in from that woman who said she was from Russia. And uh, I don't oh, know if that was a prank or not. I, or... I'm thinking it's, I think it's, I'm thinking when I was listening that that was a prank. I think that may have been a previous female caller to your show, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know, but it was a, it was a, it was an ugly segment. No, <laughs> but it was an interesting one because all hell was breaking loose. I know, and I couldn't keep it under control. And of course, you have you know the fans there who were there for eight since eight o'clock p.m. when the doors were open. So I guess there was some drinking a little bit, and it was a, it was, it was a circus uh, that I was trying to uh, trying to keep some semblance of order, but that was not happening. It was not meant to be. Right. But in this next clip, Sean does, I think you get him out of a shell a little bit and he's pretty informative about um, him starting out. And he had had, was it a tryout? Was it a dark match? What happened with WCW and him at that point? I think he had a tryout and it didn't work out or whatever he, but he was also at that time, even he knew how good he was. Mm-hmm. And for whatever the reason, it didn't work out, whether they didn't like his style or he was too small for them at the time. And uh, but, um, you know, he was like uh, a lot of ambush, ambish, um, excuse me, ambitious uh, young performers at the time, uh, especially with his training uh, and, and that shoot style of wrestling that he was taught. I mean, J- Japan was the place he wanted to be more than anything else at the time. So maybe WCW and the tryout just didn't work out for him. It amazes me to this day how uh, wrestlers with good track records around the globe, let's say they get signed with WWE or they get a look-see with WWE and they have to try out. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. they're too good for that. And I'm thinking, as I'm listening to this, Lightning Kid was too good to have to try out anywhere. He shouldn't need to try out. He was already semi-established, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was ready to go. He was ready to. He was ready for a push. And unfortunately, that really didn't happen till uh, Monday Night Raw when he pinned uh, Razor Ramona on the first episode. Well, at least, at least it finally came around. That's that's a good thing. Yes, that's that really. That, you know, you're right. I think that's that was the moment that changed his whole career. That was it. That one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three, kid. Yeah. Right there, you go. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> pretty good. So uh, we're going to come back uh, for some ad reads uh, again in time for more guests and callers. And like I said, Sean's going to open up a little bit, and you get a little bit out of him here, which is really interesting because it's some good meat and potatoes news about what's happening with him. So let's go to that. Okay, we uh, got another 25 minutes to go or so here at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. We're here with Missy Hyatt, Jason Hervey, who's about ready to... We want you to still do the turtle dance. <laughs> That'll be good for all the radio listeners, right? That'll, uh... Well, you know what? It, it's like the vibes will come through, and they will feel. Put your hands on the radio. Put your hands you know what I'm saying? Stand on the radio, and you will feel the vibrations of the Turtle Man dance. I want to ask you a question. Um, you had a tryout of World Championship Wrestling in May. What what happened with that? What's going to develop now that Kip Fry is not in charge of World Championship Wrestling? Well, I really don't have any idea what's going on uh, inside their company right now. Ever since. Uh... Bill Watts came in. He came in the day after I I left there. Um, I had a good I had a good match down there, and they they seemed to be happy with it. But uh, 
there's a lot of changes that are, that are to be made before they're going to worry about bringing in uh, new talent. So, you know, it's just you got to have patience. That's all. Yeah, we'd love to see you in there for sure. I'm sure everybody else here would like to see the same thing. Good, 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 good. Okay, let's go back on the phones. We got Ivan. Hello. John, how you doing? Uncle Ivan. Uncle Ivan. Ivan, are you there? John, how you doing? Where are you calling from, Ivan? I'm calling from Brooklyn, and uh, the guys at schools are going wild. The, the show is fantastic. Thanks. And Missy, I'll tell you right now, all of the fans right now out there, and I'm going to be watching the pay-per-view, you're going to kick Medusa's butt. All right, thank you. All right, and I still say, I still say that uh, Medusa and Steffi Graff are twin sisters, all right? Oh. I'll tell you that no, right away. I think it's like Medusa is really Martina Navratilova. <laughs> and I think it's like her moonlighting job or something. Oh, great. And it, uh. the show's going to be great, and we're going to cheer you on all the way 1,001%. Thank you very much. Thank you, okay. Paul Evans. Take care. Okay, let's go to Mark. Mark, you're next. Missy, how you doing? Hi. Listen, since Bill Watts is now in charge, and he's worked with Eddie Gilbert on many occasions, how would you work without, with Eddie Gilbert if he came into WCW? Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't care. You wouldn't care? I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I have one more question. It seems like when they had the territories, when I used to watch Georgia wrestling on TV, it was much more exciting. It was faster paced. The interviews were hotter. It seems like now that it's, it's very doldrum in both federations. Can you give me in a... Tell me what's going on. You know, that's not really my job. I mean, all I do is, you know, I go into work and um, I, I produce my Missy Does the Mail segments and get my interviews, and that's really what I do. I, I really, that's not my department. But do you feel the same way? I'm sorry, what? Do you feel the same way? Um, no, not to tell you the truth. I think it's some of the hottest television there is on today. Really? And I, 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 more, I thank you, Claude. I think, yeah, thank you. See you later. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Steve, you're next. Hi, John. Uh, given that Ric Flair isn't scheduled for a main event at SummerSlam... He's not booked on the show, from what well, I understand. Okay, well, what do you see for Garcia's future being with the WWF? I don't know. You know, that's a good question because with Flair... Uh, I think Flair's been buried over there right now, personally, and I think Rick uh, should think real hard about leaving the company and going back to where he started. Do you think Rick failed a steroid test? Because you know the World Wrestling Federation, the cleanest company that there is in regards to that. And the one that had that show last night? Yeah, the, the one with the bodybuilding show. Very Bodybuilding, a very clean sport. Rick Flair possibly failing a steroid test? Is that what you've heard? <laughs> oh. What the ring boy says. John, also with um, the new regime at WCW, you yeah. think they might be open to Flair returning there? I think they'd be... Uh, uh, stupid if they didn't want him back, if they didn't try to get him back. That's my personal opinion. You know, I think that if uh, they gave Flair the opportunity to come back, I think Flair is hungry right now. He's won the WWF title. That's a title he's always wanted. I think he'd really shine more than ever in WCW right now. Uh, absolutely. All right, listen, thanks for your call. Okay, good night. Okay, number 212-477-5610 is the number to call at WEBD. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> Let's go to our next call, Mark. You're next, another Mark. Hello? Yes, this is Mark, Tom, or Scott. Mark from the Bronx. Hey, Mark, what can we do for you? How you doing, John? I want to say hello to the Lightning Kid, the best light heavyweight in wrestling. Okay. <laughs> Listen, John, I want to ask you... Bump. That's, a, that's a matter of opinion, but uh, I appreciate it. He kicked your butt. Listen, I want to talk to you about Backlund coming to the WWF. Say what? Backlund coming to the WWF. You well, think that's realistic? Well, it's a Friday afternoon. They're still talking, so there's still a good possibility. And I heard something really strange this week, and it's so strange it might be true. What you was that? Hear, you want to hear what it is? Yeah. I heard.
heard that the Beverly Brothers were going to steal Freckles the Puppet oh, no. from the Legion of Doom and give it to Papa Shango <laughs> to put a hex on. Do but it's going to backfire on Papa Shango, and that Freckles the Puppet is going to turn into Bob Backlund. Do you know what back happened? Back in the WWF. Do you know what happened last time Backlund tried to make it back to wrestling? Only in America. Do you remember the UWF? The one in, over in Japan? No, 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 no. The, uh, with, the one... Uh, with Herb Aber? Herb, yeah. He came to the Penta Hotel. Yeah. And we all started singing at Howdy Duty time. <laughs> that's, you know, that's your, Bob, Bob is a good wrestler, you know, but... Yeah, uh, but he just don't fit. <laughs> I guess you'll be seeing... Uh, maybe you'll be seeing in the WWF and uh, with strings attached to him. Say, kids, what time is it? Listen, in closing, uh, I want you to say something to Missy. There's only one first lady in wrestling. Yes. That's woman. Good night. Uh-oh. Woman who? I want to know who I want to I want to know who the genius was that came up with that name. Woman? <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Who was in control? I think God created woman. <laughs> I think it was God. But you don't Say remember her, What time is that? I don't remember. I'm sorry. We got the Howdy Doody theme in the background here. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, is this Tom from the Bronx? Yeah, how you doing? Okay, Tom. Yeah, if I was Eddie Gilbert, I'd kick your fucking ass for the shit you're saying. Oh. I think we have a seven-second delay. Okay, we're back. Speaking of that guy, can I just make a comment about we're that guy right talking now. about woman? Yeah. Can I speak about that guy talking about woman? She's probably the one that got the free, like the the one dollar free trip to Massachusetts. You know, like you know, rode with him in the bus. That's why he thinks she's the first lady. I like woman personally. I am sure she's nice. Women and woman, she's a, she's a nice person. I just don't know who she is. Scott from Freehold, you're next. All right, I have a question for Missy, the first lady of uh, WCW. Go right ahead. Uh, number one, Missy, how old are you? And number two, what happened with uh, Paul Lee when he hit Jason with the phone? <clears throat> well, uh, first off, it's not nice to ask someone their age, and I'll let Jason answer the second one. Oh, you don't want to answer it? No. <laughs> Do I have to? Why? Okay, what, hap- what happened when he hit me with the phone? Yeah. Uh, not much. <laughs> what happens if I hit you with the phone? Uh, you probably end up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you're at home and you're calling and you're not down here. Next caller, please. Bye. Are you having as much fun listening as we are up here? You guys having a good time out here tonight, right? that have showed up. It's all the people that are like sitting at home going, oh, you know, I don't like that, that, that wonder years, boy, and I don't like that, Missy, and I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to call and I'm going to say some mean, nasty things and evil things to them because I don't, I can't go down there because they'll be mean to me. You know, at least all you people out here, you have what, what seems to be like a whole brain. And, <laughs> and you're having fun. Yeah, and you're having fun. I mean, I guess the only reason why he didn't come down here is because he couldn't figure out where it was. <laughs> so therefore, therefore, he had to call. I mean, what moron would ask what, what, what happens when you hit with a phone? You say, ow! I mean, <laughs> I mean, what a moron! And I think that's what made you turn into the turtle man to do the turtle dance. <laughs> the turtle yeah. dance, son. The turtle what dance. Up? The turtle dance was pretty prominent, and I don't even know what the hell that is 30 years later. I think you're lucky. Um, I think I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, some more Tom, uh, Missy's just over the top on this one. She's just, she's, yeah. a, she's just, I don't yes, know what to uh, say. I don't, uh, I'll put it this way. I don't know how much this is her or her acting like heel or just, um, 
get a young happy, couple in love. Happy, I yeah. think it's all yeah. of the above. It's uh, a little of everything. And uh, she was uh, off and running and she didn't stop. And she was with her new love and they were in Manhattan. They were doing a lot of shopping uh, and she was uh, throwing the digs out at just about everybody, and and then one of the callers just you know uh, came on and uh, said uh, said a word that really shouldn't have been on the air, but it made it through. You know, it came crazy. through. Yeah. By the way, I, I, I do believe the ringing phone uh, bit really worked on the show. They, the audience laughed every time. Yeah, that the phone. That rang. wasn't me. That was the engineer in the studio on Broadway. I mean, because this was a live remote. And... But that was pretty good because the audience was yeah. cracking up every time they did it. So that added a little yeah. bit of a lilt to the show. I, I have to admit, I laughed every time I heard the phone. Yeah, I mean the phone, and all, there was also music beds that were being brought up. Uh, yeah, out of nowhere. I mean, it yeah. was all of that. It was a. It was a crazy. It was. It was a. It's been a crazy show. Sure. Yeah, you know. You know. What I like about the the ringing phone. It makes no sense at all. It don't make no sense. No, because <laughs> they're calling you. Why is the phone <laughs> ring? But, but um, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, I was, so I was, uh, anxi I was anxiously waiting for the show to end at this point. Thirty yes, years ago. Yeah. Well, we have an unexpected moment. Um, as Alex is going to ask Lightning, Lightning Kid a question that probably very few people expected, not the least of which was Sean Waltman. Uh, uh, Alex was the serious voice on this show. He was hitting people with some real newsworthy questions, I thought. Yeah, well, he was always a hard-hitting journalist until, yeah, he he was... made his, until he made his way to AEW. <laughs> oh, I have, I have something else in my notes. Quote, Missy is really over the top here. So our last... <laughs> <laughs> like oh, she wasn't boy. before, right? No, so no. if you're a Missy Hyatt fan, you know, strap in because you got I got a lot more Missy. Just a few minutes left, but there's a lot more Missy. Of course, there always was a lot more Missy if you catch my drift. Mm -hmm. So here we go. John, I wanted to say a word. I want to ask Lightning Kid, could you talk about Masami Saranaka? Um, the person who, who, one of the people influential in training you, and he recently passed away, Donnie Leibel reported this evening. Could you please say a few words? Well, no, I'm sorry. Before you even get to that word, I want to say to everybody out there this is some news that we just heard here tonight for the first time and he was instrumental in your career and i didn't even know before we went on the air as this is the first you've heard about it as well and uh, uh i didn't even know whether to ask you whether you wanted to talk about it or not but i guess uh, he was influential on your career and you should say something well uh that was it was a big shock for me to hear about about uh about his death because uh i knew he was sick he had a he had a brain tumor but um, no one knew it was that serious, but I guess he's had the problem for about 20 years. Uh, a lot of people don't know who Masami Soranaka is. He's one of the instrumental people in the UWF style in Japan. And uh, he, trained, he trained people in Florida for, for years, along with the Malenkos. And the Malenkos and uh, Mr. Soranaka are, are the ones that trained me, and I, you know, they were very good to me. And, uh, you know, I'm really sad that, uh, that he passed away. He, he was... He wasn't even very old. He was only maybe 45 years That's old. That's what I was going to ask. How old was he? He was 45. Um, and Alex, Alex Marvez here, he's from Florida, and he knows Masami also. Well, he knew Masami. And uh, he was just a great guy. Everyone loved him. Well, it'll certainly be missed, especially if um, he's had the influence uh, on your career. Uh, he certainly did a good job in training you. That's for sure. Okay, uh... Let's, uh, Do you have to plug anything else? No, why don't you start plugging uh, your beach show for next blast, week? Beach Blast, Beach Blast, Beach Blast. Call your local cable company, because I'm going to be in a bathing suit, and you're not. Thank God. 
<laughs> is there a calendar or something of Missy Hyde coming out? Is that yeah, work? maybe maybe soon. Maybe one day if I can get Jason to get out. He's about this brand new camera, and I want to take him up to Carmel, up to the beach, and spend the weekend and have him take some really hot pictures of me. Maybe we'll do a calendar. <laughs> it won't be like Madonna's book or anything like that, but it'll be really good. Okay, we got time. Anybody here in the audience have any more questions before we get back to the maniacs on the phone? Oh, let's go to that table over there. They haven't had dates in a long time. Do you think that Terry Gordy and Michael Hayes will resume their free bird feud? Well, I don't know because, you know, now Michael Hayes has got this thing going on with Jimmy Garvin. And then we just find, found out that Precious is like the head of the free bird enterprises. But mark my word, there is something going on in between Precious being the head of the free bird enterprises. I believe something is going to happen because she's up there and, you know, you get these two guys. I mean, they're not really that smart. And then you have Precious who's really running the show. I mean, something, she's going to be pulling some, spring, some strings, some spring so, and I can't speak, it's late. And, um, and plus, I didn't get to go shopping today, so my body's not working right. And um, so just watch for things to happen there. Who knows, maybe Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy might get back together again. Okay, next question. <laughs> no. Uh, next question. Okay, wait, let's go this, this side. All the way in the back. Well, we're not going to argue with that. We think the we think the Lightning Kid. I think the fans here and the fans who've seen the Lightning Kid even wrestle one time will agree with you that he should be in WCW. So we'll get a tape out to watch and we'll see what he says. Oh, thank you. I agree. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Here, when are you going to take that title from uh, Condor? When are you going to take the title from the Condor? Uh, I think uh, I think I'm coming back to this area, like in a, about a month or so, and uh, I'll have a rematch for that. <clears throat> and uh, if I have the rematch, I'll take the belt. Okay. Uh, next question here. In the back. I'll get to you next. Yes. Okay, for our listeners, the uh, toughest opponent in GWF, and how long have you been in the business? Uh, I've been wrestling for four years now. I started when I was, I started training when I was 15, but I turned pro at 16 down in Florida because there was no commission down there. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Up so, there. uh, could you have passed the steroid test? <laughs> That's the question of the week. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if I brought a Visine bottle in, I don't know. Remember, no. But, uh, but about the the GWF, the, the toughest opponent, the GWF. Uh, uh, Jerry Lynn was tough. Uh, the Handsome Stranger was tough. There's a the Handsome Stranger. You know, uh, there's a lot of tough guys down there. There was. I mean, I mean, you know. I think that that's unfortunate because the GWF, when they started out at least, uh, there was some good direction there, and uh, they were getting a lot of people enjoying their product, and then things just fell apart. It's, a, it's really rough to have an independent promotion or any type of promotion right now, unless you're WCW or WWF, they're hurting, but for the smaller guys, it's almost impossible to keep things going, as everybody here you know, could attest to. Um, 
I just wish there were more promotions for you guys to really work and uh, be able to work full time, you know? Yeah, it's sad. Uh, it's sad what happened to the GWF. Uh, Joe Pettacino had a lot of great ideas and... Uh, Really and so did Bonnie. And so, well, yeah. So, well, you know, you know, they say behind every man, there's a woman or whatever. Behind every okay, I don't good man, there's a great woman. Right. Gotta get it right. Mm. But uh, I don't know. It's just sad what happened to it. They, there's still GWF on TV, but it's not even the same promotion it's as far as I'm concerned. Thing. That's right. Uh, how many minutes we got? Five. Are you, like, trying to get us off the air really us another, They're giving us another two hours just because we're here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> How many? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, we got another seven minutes or so to go here. Let's take yeah, a Is there anything questions. you want to plug? Can I plug to, uh, something? Beach Blast, Beach Blast. Call your local cable company and order it. Okay. I think it's Summer Scam, the way you put it. Yeah, I think Davey Boy Smith will win the title there. Hey, it's over at Wembley Stadium, you know, 85,000 people there. You know, the divorce proceedings between Miss Elizabeth and Randy should be carried on. Uh, and I really want the car. I really want the condo down in Florida. I really, really want it bad. Because he didn't birth me any children. I really, really want it. Oh, sorry. Wow. Any other questions? Yes. Yes. I know one of them coming when the lightning strike is over. Make sure you get out wrestling. I'm not saying nothing bad about Brian Pillman because he's great. Uh... He's a great wrestler. He's a great athlete. Um, he, he, well, that's, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm better than Brian Pillman. He's been wrestling longer than I have. Uh, Brian Pillman could, uh, could do good in the heavyweight division. He did good in the heavyweight. He fought Lex Luger, and uh, he beat Lex Luger. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he beat Lex Luger. But uh, I don't know. I think I could give Brian Pillman uh, as much trouble as anybody out there could. Okay. Yes, Missy. I haven't said anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to remind everybody again that next beach week. Blast, beach Blast. Beach Blast. Beach Blast. For beach one, Blast. June, June 20th. Call your local cable company and order it. It's less than one week away. I know because I've been dieting and I'm waiting because that night after Beach Blast, Jason, you're going to have to take me out and really feed me good, okay? Jason, and I've been what, what? tanning. I'm going to tan all on the week because I'm going to be down in Mobile, Alabama a few days before. I'm going to be out on the beach tanning. But I want everyone to call the lo- your local cable company and get it because I'm going to show that. And plus, you know what? It would be even worth the money just to see Medusa in a bathing suit. I mean, could you imagine how she's going to get the, a bathing suit to cover up those large muscles, the manly man that she is? Isn't that like the Saturday Night Live? What is it? Hans and Franz. She's like Franz. I tell you. <laughs> WEVD New York. Oh, please. Yeah, that's, that's still coming from that table that hasn't had a date know, in right? years. <laughs> yeah, that was arm. Yeah, that was that was the first time uh, Paulie was almost speechless for the. Yeah, really. And you know what? When he talks though, and he stutters, you know he's lying. <laughs> And you Paul, heard that he, here. He might be listening tonight, matter of fact. Now, where is he tonight, Paulie? Paulie, uh, yeah, yeah, you uh, you were hanging out. Paulie, so I want to ask you a question. Paulie had some comments about uh, your role in WCW in the pro wrestling tour. That came on, out this week, yeah. On Wade Keller's radio show in Minneapolis, he said that um, you could probably get any actress um, and flash pictures of wrestlers in front of him and do a better job of getting the personalities over than what you do. Could you, could you please talk about... Uh, All I know is if I got paid as much money as he did to stand around ringside and pull feet, I'd do it, too. That's all he does. Mel Phillips did that too and made quite a quite a living. <laughs> yeah, off yeah it. that's true. Mel Phillips. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Mel 
Views expressed by the guests of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of station management or the host or producers of WEDD's Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Yeah, who is this guy over here that's asking all these questions anyway? Huh? Does he work for the New York Post well, or a, what? He's, an, he's a um, 60 Minutes type of uh, hard-hitting inside reporter. Yeah, for the New York Post or the Star. Do you have a respect for Paul Lee, though? I mean, for the job he does. I feel he's a premier manager in wrestling. Do you have any respect I, for him? You know what? I, no, I don't, because you know what? Ravishing Rick Rude can do a great interview on himself, uh, uh, by himself. He doesn't need him. Stunning Steve Austin, is, he does a great interview, and he's a great wrestler. He doesn't need him. And absolutely, Iron Anderson does not need Paul Lee Dangerously. None of them need him. They don't need him to win a match. They don't need they, they don't need they don't need Polly Dangerously to do anything except shine their shoes, get their car reservations and their airline reservations. And as far as that, Polly Dangerously is not needed. So. Okay. <laughs> a few, how long have you and Polly have had this? Uh, been, Ever been since I saw him and he came up to me and he was stuttering and he was at, and, and and his feet were turned out funny. I just hated him. He has penguin feet. Okay. He does. He's a penguin. We got a few minutes to go here. Just about another two minutes, and we're gonna wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for coming out to Scores tonight. Yeah, the Scores. This is a great place too. It's really nice. Yeah, why aren't you? Why aren't you people listening out here? Be out here, Scores. It's awesome. Follow John Arezzi. He's a man. Come yeah, on, you miss Scores. Hey, thank you, Alex. I mean, this place is really, really nice. Well, we'll be back here hopefully for another live remote. Oh, okay. And uh, we got a lot of things in store for you upcoming. We have the bus trip on the 28th uh, for information. The number is 516-587-2861. We'll be doing a booster club meeting July 11th on a Saturday afternoon for all booster club members and those who want to join the club at the New York Comedy Club. And we'll give you information about that next week as well as the convention coming up. And I want to stress once again, next Saturday night, uh, we will be on the air this uh, Saturday coming up, six days from now, for our first Saturday night show at 11 o'clock. And uh, I want to thank all my guests here. Missy Hyatt, thank you very much for coming out tonight. Well, John, I just want to thank you so much for having me here. I've had such a great time. I enjoyed having you here. Jason, thank you very much. And Lightning Kid, thank you. That's it. We have, we have callers, but we can't talk to them. I'd like to, I'd like to thank all the people in New York. I, I had a great time here, and everybody, they treated me great out here in New York. Thank you. Well, thanks for stopping by here tonight. And Alex Marvez, thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. Until next week, when we talk more wrestling, this is John Arezzi for Pro Wrestling Spotlight. John, you have a headache at the end of that one. Thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's bring Jay in. Jay, what'd you think of that fiasco? It just goes to show that um, what a fine line it is between trying to play the heel but still be likable at the same time, right? And I think Missy was having trouble with that in that I. I, I, I think she was obviously she was doing obviously a lot of kayfabe there and she was she was trying to, you know, get her personality out and it worked in a lot of ways. But sometimes if you get a little too mean and especially when you turn on the people, the people calling in, especially in the listeners, it could come off in a wrong way. Right. So you have to find a way to kind of be the heel, go at your uh, your nemesis in, in her case, it was Medusa. Right. And still seem likable at the same time, still be kind of a, an attraction, somebody you want to see. But once you turn on the people and start insulting people and you get your boyfriend involved and stuff, I, I, I could see how it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I could see how you, how John, you were a little uncomfortable with that. Yeah. 
very uncomfortable and even you know her like you know picking on people in the audience i mean yeah yeah that's that. that's a no-no right i mean these are your fans but here's the funny part i'm thinking back to this particular point in history she wasn't a heel then oh really no, no. Wow. She was she's a, a, heel? She's a no. baby so this no, is she was a baby face was. Yeah. she was the baby face <laughs> in all this this is worse than I thought it was. No, she was. She at that point she was an interviewer on TV, and they'd she'd bring her out to do you know to to, to interview. Hello, is my wrestler guest? And that was basically she was nice at that point. Oh, so at at the same time she comes on here and she's just ripping everybody to shreds. Was she yeah, trying to Paulie. do a turn on your show, John? Is that it? I don't it? know, like, I don't know what was moment. going on. I mean, she was out of control, and she just uh, just just attacked everybody. I mean, uh, everyone. Well, everyone. were people enjoying uh, some libation at this point? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was that going on, and it was going on, you know, several hours before the show. So everyone was getting a little lit, even even us sitting at the table. I mean, it wasn't like we were not uh, partaking ourselves as this was going on. Well, there you go. So it became very loose and very freeform, and that's what you get. That's what you get. And listening to this cluster 30 years later, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, though, it's a fascinating cluster because you had the, it is. You know, you had the situation between the characters, the real-life people, the love triangle, the uh, hard-hitting journalist, and the hot rookie. And just found out his trainer died. Yeah, and you just found out his trainer died. Yeah, and you're, you're all coming from different perspectives, and yet you had this big stew boiling, and only God knew if it was going to, you know, escape the pot and run onto the floor at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what else to say other than it was a fascinatingly strange show. Yes. Fascinating. Look back in history and one of the most bizarre hours of, in the history of pro wrestling spotlight. Yeah. But you know what? It's fun to look back though, because you know, Missy really did make her place in wrestling. She was the first, I don't know if she was the first, but probably the most successful femme fatale type of her moment you know at that particular point between 88 and 90 or so yeah absolutely she was she was big coin she uh you know she moved up to the ranks just like every other wrestler did and uh worked for everybody except for that little failed stint in wwf where they didn't really have a job for her it's a personality you know, issue problem. What you, from what I understand, this may be urban legend, is that they couldn't get her to have to get that southern accent off of her. Yeah, could be. From what I understand, she just always sounded southern, and they didn't want that on WWF. Yeah. As urban legends states it. I don't know if it's exactly a thousand percent true, but you could tell she did have a little country in her voice. Yeah, very much. Mm -hmm. Why would they ask her to remove her southern accent, though? kind of a Vince thing, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I don't think he wanted any dialects. Well, she was an on-air, supposed to be an on-air talent as opposed to like a wrestling character. Oh, I see. Okay. You know, yeah. making announcements and stuff like that. So I think it, it's perhaps... But she didn't have a thick Southern accent. I mean, she didn't come out sounding like Gone with the Wind or anything. It it's you know it, you know especially coming from a canadian it seemed hardly noticeable to me i think i think vince was really against it though i think that was one of his pet peeves he asked jim cornette you know right vince always made fun of wrestling and the southern style and and right yeah, he, exactly. he was he was always he was always against uh regionalization especially in the was southern she part of the ever country. a heel was she ever a heel oh because yeah great oh absolutely okay yeah. because 
you have to understand we didn't get any WCW here in Montreal in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Right. So we weren't, so that's why this is one of the reasons why I love this show so much. It just gives this inside perspective of all these wrestlers who later became greats in the WWE and the WWF as, as, as we were only able to see, uh, I guess it was a territory thing. All right, Jay, we appreciate your comments. Uh, Bob, uh, as always, uh, an interesting show, but uh, uh, you know, and allow me this before we go. Missy in world class, find the tapes with Hollywood John Tatum, the yeah, evil, the evil couple. Stuff. They were great stuff. together. They really were good stuff. Well, yeah, definitely. If you can find those tapes, uh, you'll see Missy in action. But uh, we're gonna wrap up this edition, Bob and Jay. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see y'all. Uh, talk to y'all next week. Uh, another episode in the books. Here, this will wrap it up. This edition of John Arizzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Join our private group at Facebook.com. And uh, that's at Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast Radio Show. We have a public page to share your uh, history. That's uh, Matt Memories. Uh, follow me at Twitter, John Arizzi, at John Arizzi, Instagram as well. Uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. Five bucks get you in the door. Lots of great content there for you to check out. And don't forget to listen to our sister podcast, Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, picking up a lot of steam recently, covering all the shows I covered from the Mecca of all arenas 50 years ago to the day the show takes place. Uh, we are on episode number nine coming up, so uh, check that out wherever you listen to your podcast. And I do want to give a plug to my baseball podcast, The Fanagers, that I do with the two-time uh, former manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, John Gibbons, and uh, Stu Stone uh, out of uh, Toronto. So check that out as well. Uh, John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast is a production of Matt Memories, LLC. Our co-host, Mr. Bob Smith, our show editor, Jay Farrar. Thanks to executive producer on the Patreon side, that is Jeremy Priest, and all the patrons for your support for the product, helping with the production of this show. Until next week, when we talk more wrestling with you and relive all the moments of 30 years ago, this is John Arezzi for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. <laughs> 